Ladies and gentlemen, we are live here from the Robert Allenby Studio. Welcome to the Sports Detention Podcast. I'm your host, Gregor, and I'm here with my co-host, Potty. How you going, Pod? Top draw, mate. Top How's draw. How's my radio voice? I liked it. I yeah. liked it. You lent right yeah. into it. Yeah, you got those big draw in your voice and you're away. Try my best. Yep. Love it. Love it. Mate, I'm good. Footy's back, so how could you be? Mate, yes. Big week of sport. Frothing over a trial with a bunch of reserve graders out there. I mean, I am I'm hard up for some footy. Mm, Mm. Yes. Um, mate, it it was a big week. It was an exciting week. We got so much to get through today. Um you know. Without further ado, mate, is what's the things that have jumped in your periphery, mate? Mate, one big thing has caught my eye this week, and it is The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, are we talking? Yep, yep. One of the most mm. popular men on the planet. A Not huge... your wife, The no. Rock of your household. No, no, no. Yes, no, so no. We just snuck that one in. Yep, well done. Well played. <laughs> well played. No, mate, it is The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, yep. movie star and professional wrestler, mm. coming out of his... Uh, well, you know, semi-retirement, I guess, and he and he's it looks like he's going to lace Look, up the boots again. Some skeptics out there would say that he has been forced out of his semi-retirement to try and lever his old employers mm. back into relevance yeah. or out of the public eye for the wrong reasons. Yes, well, I guess I suppose you could throw that out there. <laughs> That is speculation, but as you've mentioned before, we live and we live and yeah. breathe that. Well, when your ex-boss poos on someone, it's probably going to be a problem. Yeah. The optics aren't good. People get the shits. <laughs> yes, I had to throw that in. Anyway, for the first time in over 20 years, The Rock has gone heel. Mm. Now, for the listeners out there that might not be professional wrestling fans either now or in the past, heel is they have become a bad guy. Yeah. Yep, so essentially The Rock came back and he teed up this Big match with his cousin, Roman Reigns, for WrestleMania. Yep. But the wrestling public was in outrage. They were spewing because they wanted um, Roman Reigns to face Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, yeah. yeah. That, that's what, and when The Rock came back in, they started booing The Rock and they started taking yeah. So the, the WWE and The Rock, they've lent right into it. And he, he, he turned heel the other day by slapping the taste out of Cody Rhodes' mouth. Yeah, I saw that. Yep, so got yeah. him good, got him flush. He put the smack down. He did, he did. And then he blew For up at... old-fashioned Rock fans. He blew up at Triple H. Mm. But it all came to a head the other day, last Saturday on the WWE... Um, program Smackdown, mate, named after The Rock, yeah. I believe. That's how big he is. Now that's rock. how big he is. He's come out wearing a vest. And, mm, and did you see the vest, yes, mate? It yes, was absolutely yes. brilliant. It was a flashback to the old T-shirts he used to use back yeah. in the late late 90s, his, th- his $2,000 T-shirts he used to yeah. brag about. And he's come right out and he's cut a promo just Absolutely scathing Cody Rhodes yeah. and uh, joining joining Roman Reigns. And now it looks like there's going to be a big match between Cody, Roman and, and now, The Rock. from what I know about this situation, which isn't much, mm. so number one, he's come at Hollywood Rock. Hollywood that was Rock. Hollywood Rock. The shirt was representative of his days when he played heel as Hollywood Rock. Yeah. Which I th- think was a play on Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. You remember when Hogan went yeah. bad back in the day? Oh, back in the NWO back days. Back in the NWO. Oh, you knew you were alive as a wrestling fan then. Yeah. So The Rock, he's come in, he's playing the heel. The thing that absolutely blew me away was they're in Utah. Mm. Now, for anybody who has a bit of sort of historical and geographical knowledge of the United States, Utah is a massive Samoan culture. Mm. There's, you know, a lot of, you know, Latter-day Saints within Utah, so it's got a big Polynesian community. And he's come out there and he's referred to them all as inbreds. Mm. Yeah. So he's basically... (laughs) Had a crack at the crowd just to try and get them offside. But he suggested that they all have 50 wives and 600 siblings. Yeah. Oh, mate, he has gone red hot. He's gone hard. He has gone, he has gone properly. I mean, I love it. I love it. Mate, it was brilliant. It was, it was a flashback to the nineties when wrestlers would come out there and they'd get into the crowd, calling them every name on the sun, picking individuals out and and having a dig at them. It was just absolutely, absolutely cracking. I I loved it, mate. Mate, it was fantastic. Um, you know, wrestling. It doesn't get better than that when they go full heel, though, what? does it? Oh, hang on. Hold on. Okay. Ooh, little John. Yeah. Okay. What? What? 
Rightio, mate, you got a question for us? I do, mate, I do, mate. And my question to you is, who are the five greatest movie sporting villains of all time? You know, obviously professional wrestling and the heels. Okay, and, yep. Yep, so that's what I've lent into there. So movie villains of all time. So yep. what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you five in yep. no particular order and you're going to rank them for me. So you might, first one might be four, but you're going in blind. Okay, no yep. worries. No worries, mate. All right, you're ready. I'm ready, mate. Firing. So, uh, number one, Team Iceland from the Mighty Ducks 2. Oh, so I've got to give them the ranking, Mm, one to five. I'm going to go Team Iceland as number four. Number four, okay, fantastic. Okay, Ivan Drogo, Rocky Four Took out Apollo Creed, and I don't mean just knocked him to the campus, I mean put him in the grave. Yeah. It's got to be one. Got to be one. Got to be one. A one or two. Oh, let's go two. Let's go two. I'm going to be safe. I, I'm going to be safe. That's all number right. two. That's all right. I, th- I think you'll be pleasantly surprised okay. when we come up. Okay, number two. Uh, uh, Johnny Lawrence from the Karate Kid. You remember the Johnny blonde Lawrence? Hair? Johnny yeah, Lawrence. he's yep. going to have to go at five. Yeah, Johnny he's going to have to go at five. Yeah. He was a teenager, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know. Obviously, Team Iceland. Yep. The fact that they spelt it Ireland instead yep. of Iceland, you yep. know, because they didn't want any political unrest. Mm. Disney. Yep. But um, yeah, I think they he, they were just a little evil, especially when they smacked Adam Banks on the wrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, so they get four. Fair call, mate. Karate Kid five. All right, now, mate. White Goodman dodgeball. Mm, that's three. It's that's three. three. Yeah, not yeah. you can't beat Ivan Drago. Can't beat Ivan no. Drago. It wasn't that a good movie. No, I, I do. I do like it. Yeah. yeah. And number one, look, I'll tell you what, you might be disappointed, but I don't think you will be with this list, mate. Shooter McGavin, happy Shooter Gilmore. McGavin, Shooter yes. McGavin. Look, I think in terms of evil, yeah. Ivan Drago takes number one on that, but Shooter McGavin was an anti-hero, mate. He was that's an anti-hero. Sure. He was an absolute arsehole, uh, but one of the greats. And uh, what's the actor's name? I, I'm forgetting uh, oh, off the top of my head. But he, leaned, he, he, he leans, leans into it He now. leans into it now. Let's find out what his name oh, is. Absolutely cracking. So those, those were the five. Greatest sporting villains, Christopher McDonald. Christopher McDonald. Christopher McDonald. I wasn't even close to getting that. Sorry, Christopher. Um, I'm going to find out who I really think my worst is. Mm. Um, the captain of the Austrian bobsled team in oh. Cool Runnings. Oh. <laughs> oh. How bad were they? Oh. Come on, Jamaica, say something. <laughs> but he came good at the end. He came good at the end. He went and, he went and shook Therese Bannock's hand. Oh, oh. Let, let's find, yeah. You're okay with me, man. Oh, uh, what's what was his it? name? Oh, yep. I can't even remember. Yep, absolutely. Yep, there it is. We'll have to bring that one back. Yep, lovely, lovely. What a movie as well. Yeah. What a movie so as we'll well. So we'll have to find that. That's a, that's probably one for the research, that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to bore the podcast. <coughs> no, listeners. John Candy at his finest. Absolutely, yeah. All right, mate. Um, what do what, what you have for um, mate, what's caught my eye? what's caught my eye this week, and it's absolutely doing my head in. Lip readers. Mm. You know how, like, especially coming on the back of the Super Bowl, um, there was the issue there with Travis Kelsey you know, barging into Andy Reid. A lot of, you know, big names within the NFL community have just gone, that's just completely out of order. Anybody other than Travis Kelsey, they're they're gone. Yeah. You know, so it was probably more serious than what most would just brush it off, you know, casual fans just go, oh, it just looked like a heat of the moment thing. Like there is, you know, people are are taken aback by it. Yeah. Um, But anyway... It just allowed for the publication of a range of articles that um, have attempted, you know, to oh. describe exactly what Travis Kelsey said to Andy Reid during it. And how are they finding this out, mate? Lip readers. Lip readers, Lip readers. Right. Yep. You know, the lip readers. So, and I've just, there's just been a number of, you know, articles recently that, you know, every time there's something controversial where it might happen on a field or something, they come in and go, oh, the lip readers have said that oh, this. And it's yeah. just like, How about, no. lip readers, I've never met one. No. Do they even exist? No. You know, or are they just made up? And this is the journalist going, I think this is what they said. Let's just say a lip reader said it. Yeah, let's just say, oh, I'm are a lip reader. Are you the lip reader? Is it a qualification? Like, can you go to uni? Can you do an apprenticeship to become a lip reader? Well, 
I mean, you'd have to. You'd think if you're going to have any substance to your article, well, sourcing to. a lip reader, it's got to have some yeah. tertiary education backing. Yeah. Uh, another one was Jude Bellingham. So Jude Bellingham apparently had a, you know, obviously Real Madrid played against Getafe yeah. and Mason Greenwood, he's uh, had a checkered past uh you know, currently on loan from Manchester United. And apparently, obviously, uh, for those who understand the the charges or the complaints that were labelled against Mason Greenwood, so there was obviously a clash between the two and then obviously the lip reader saw that he said the most heinous thing to Mason due to his past history because the lip reader said so. Because the lip reader said so, yeah. And it made, I mean, Hollywood actors have just struggled with this. There's a couple of examples, even J-Lo and Ben Affleck when they're blowing up at each other in the car. Oh, the lip reader comes in and he can tell you what they said. Oh, yeah. yeah. Apparently apparently she left the pot of stew on. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like it's just, you know... It made me think, like, and you know how coaches will often hold, like, the clipboard over their mouth so the lip readers can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, they can't see what we're saying for our plays. Hey, I'm going to put it out there. If you believe in lip readers or if you're going to waste your money as a professional sporting franchise on lip readers, go and hire John Edward. Yeah. He's a fucking medium. Yeah. He'll tell you exactly what the coach is saying. He'll probably tell you what his dead grandfather said as well. Get into it. Yep. John Edward. You heard it here first. Employ him. Yep. I like it. Remember Lip that readers, guy, John Edwards. Please, come on. <laughs> Remember John Edwards? I do. I've forgotten his name, but I, they had a show about it. Crossing you? over. Crossing over. Yeah. <laughs> John Edwards. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hearing a bee. I'm hearing a bee over this side of the room. Yeah, Bruce. Yeah, yeah, Bruce. Yeah. Brucey, Brucey. <laughs> oh. oh, wasn't he an absolute snake oil salesman? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, good on you, John. <laughs> I don't know how you made a living out of that. Oh, mate, fantastic. <laughs> oh, very good, mate. Well, exciting time. Should we get into the footy? Let's roll. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here. Rightio, mate, we are excited. The Rugby League is back. Mate, how good was it? How good was it? Oh, mate, it was so good. Just even going through the run sheet of the podcast this week, I was just like, oh, there's treasure here. There is treasure here. We can talk about things. Oh, mate, I'm so excited. Mate, I'm going. There is no charity in rugby league. South enjoy a good hit out working through their squad and uh, winning the charity shield, mate. What did you think about that game, mate? Uh, did you catch much of it? The charity yeah, shield. Caught a, caught it's a always bit of a big charity game. shield. Yeah, it's always a big game. Most teams. Um, well, I, one of the commentators said beforehand, "There's the unsaid agreement that you march out a good team because the charity shield, sh- mm. the charity shield is important," and so they both rolled out fairly strong outfits. I hope that's not the case for St George Illawarra, mate, because they were yes. ordinary. Mate. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm very, I've, I'm very concerned for the Dragons. Yeah, I, I think you know, and that's maybe you know. Harsh on someone like uh, Flanner, who's only just got his, his feet under the desk, but very, very concerned for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Yeah, mate, I don't see where their structure's coming from. Um, ben Hunt is... Uh, I don't see where their tries are coming from. So, mm. obviously, they've got the likes of Lomax and Sloan in their back line, Ravalawa, very good players, can finish, but I just don't see where they're going to create. So, they've got mm. Ben Hunt, who I reckon's probably good for seven or eight tries a year and maybe ten tries sis. Yeah. So the the issue that I saw there, looking at their structure, and there's been a fair bit of talk about Zach Lomax and mm. where he's going to play because he seems he appears to be forced out of the centres. Yep. Onto the wing, Tyrell Sloan has. It's been said that he's going to get the first crack of fullback. That's probably the only other place that Lomax will play. Mm. However, when you look at someone like Jack Bird, why, due to the you know, the condition of Jack uh, Jack Bird, who, you know, hasn't played a lot of football in his no. career. He's obviously an uh, extremely gifted footballer and a very, very good player to have in your squad. Injury prone. Injury prone. How do you... Is there a way where you could bring Jack Bird into a squad origin style, such as a Cam Murray, have him off the bench at 14, where he can just play anywhere, or he can just come in in the last, you know... 20 to 25 minutes of a back end of a half and absolutely put some grunt in? Uh, 
Potentially. Uh, look, I, I still think, and this might be an unfortunate thing for the Dragons because it speaks to their roster, but I still think he's in their top 13. So he's probably going to win. I think he, yeah, he is. But, but when you're putting someone out of a position just to find Jack Bird a jersey, that's where you maybe do you as a, when you, as a coach, do you go, look, let's, let's try and find the best out of him and protect him. Because mm. it's the protection factor as well. It's not just, you know, his performances on the field. So that that's where that sort of came into my mind. Yeah, tinfoil hats on, pushing Lomax out the door. I think he's on big coin. They, they were, they, apparently he was told last year he was free to leave, mm. but nobody wants to pick up the, the full tab for him. 800-odd K was reported, okay. I think, a year. That's a lot of money, yeah. yeah. I mean, See, Bird I, would be on a lot of money too. Yeah, he yeah. would be on a lot of money. I mean... I know Parramatta are looking for some strike in the outside backs. I don't know whether you would call uh, Lomax X-Factor, but he, um, you know, they side like Parramatta would probably pick him up for five, yeah. but not eight. So another thing that I saw, you know, the Rabbitohs, I thought, you know, they were pretty good, pretty well structured, but I, I really just, I liked Elias. I, I, I feel as though this might be his year. You know, he just seems as though he's a comfortable... NRL halfback at the moment and I think if he can stay and build a combination with Cody Walker, stay healthy, they can get some uh, momentum mm. in that football side, I just I think he's going to have a big year because you know, you bringing in Jack Whiten, that to me alleviates more pressure because the eyes are on those guys. The eyes are on Walker, Latrell, Whiten to perform. Yeah. You know, I I yeah, I think he's up for a big year, mate. Yep, well, it's probably about that time. Like, he came in a few years ago, I think two seasons ago now, when Adam Reynolds moved mm. on, and he started fairly well. Uh, last year, he was a little bit up and down, as was South Sydney, and he sort of wore the brunt of it, as you do when you have the number seven jersey on. But uh, I guess now you might be um, looking to see a little bit more from him. Mm. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure whether he is... Um, I don't know whether he is a star in the making or whether he's just going to be a really nice, solid first grader until the next big star comes along. Mm. What I do know about um, South is Cody Walker is as good as he played over the last few seasons. He is far the wrong side of 30 now. Yeah. And he will be gone in the next couple of years. Um, there's not really any doubt about that. I think he's 34 this year. Yeah. Um, Cookie is the wrong side of 30 as well. Yeah. So he's – that. South want Ilias to be their man. I'm just not sure he is. Mm. Rightio. Rightio. Grego's prediction. Pablo will rise from the dead. Mm. Pablo Escobar made out at Parramatta. Oh. Um, Morgan Harper. Yep. You know, if we look at the look at the match, a Parramatta side looking nothing like a team that will start round one. No. You know, we're on the receiving end of a fair touch-up from the Raiders. Yep. Um... I think there's right, some good. What hasn't having the Raiders fans been out oh, though? Oh, chirpy, yeah. yeah, chirpy has. Yeah. Um, some good signs in the forward pack, I think, for Parramatta, especially the young forward pack that they've got. It was you know missing a few faces. Yep. But you know there is more to come. You have got Moses Brown and Gutho. the The issue there is, I think Parramatta will be relying on those three for the most of their points this year, yep. and that is going to be a bit of a concern. However, when I look at the side. I think, you know, bringing in someone like Morgan Harper, he's probably not fancied for most Parramatta fans as being a starting centre. But looking at the team, I think he probably will play more NRL than you would have considered. Yeah, well, he's good for depth. The interesting thing I found the other day was he was playing on the right side, and that's Will Penasini's spot. Mm. He's not going to beat Will Penasini yeah. to the jersey. So that indicates to me that um, you're probably looking at Simons in the start. So it's yep. going to be the same back five that finished last season will get first crack again this year but what he does is he, he adds some he adds some depth mm. you know he's a player who's going to be fighting for that position and if you're not up to it he, he'll come in so well you essentially you look at Simonson and Penasini they haven't you know been you know they haven't played week in week out you know they've been injured there's suspensions and the like that mm. have occurred for those players I just don't see you know if Zach Sini is your next you know, centre off the rank. Like I, I just yeah. think, from what I saw on the weekend, I'm thinking, oh, well, I think maybe Harper will play a bit more football than people would be expecting yeah, coming I, over from Manly. I think he's going to be a good signing for him, um, even if he doesn't get that first crack, which mm. I don't think he will. Yep. Um, yep, so some other... 
bright shoots out at Parramatta was um, the halfback Ethan uh, Sanders. Yep. He um, everyone he's on everyone's radar at the moment as far as picking him up. He's not allowed to sign under the new agreement. Um, so he's off contract six. at the end of this season. Isn't yeah, he? he's off contract, yeah. but under the new um, um, EBA that was signed last year, um, uh, he. Contracted players who aren't in the top 30 aren't allowed to sign yeah. with another club until um, – maybe they have to be development players, but until round six. So, okay. Um, look, I think – Well, how long's Moses has re-signed for now? He's got another yeah. five years, is it? Uh, so I think he's five years, three years guaranteed. Dylan Brown. Dylan um, Brown, he signed years, on to yeah. 2057. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he, All in his in favour. That's exactly right. You don't <laughs> sign a player in, there, in the club's flavour. That's stupid. <laughs> Um, look, so... So he, he's going to be looking at another, uh, you know, it's going to be very hard to hold on to someone like him. So, look, I think it will be very hard to hold on to someone like him, and I'm obviously biased because I'd like him to stay at Parramatta because he's a great young junior. Mm. You've got to sell it to him. You, you, yeah. Canberra was the team who were after him. If you are the Parramatta management, you're talking to him and you're saying, mate... Sign on for another 12 months and let's see where we're at. Get to learn behind Moses and Brown. Yep. You get to hone your craft. You can sell, you know, you can sell that as much as you like. I think with the amount of press that's around him, he'll be going somewhere else. Yeah, I suppose that's not the conversation that his manager will have with him. That, that's the big issue there. His yeah. manager is going to be going, well, this club, this club, this club need a halfback. Mm. They're willing to pay you big money because you are the next big thing. Show me the money. Absolutely. Show me the money. Um, uh, Blaze Tower Lange, uh looked every bit the first grader of the future yep. and every bit not ready for first grade right now. Yeah. So That's one of those ones, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So another 12 months. Uh, hopefully he'll be good. You know what? He might even play a couple of games in the back end of the year. Mm. Rightio, my final headline of the week. What are we fucking doing? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, the Warriors versus the Tigers, mate. Can we just cut the bullshit and understand that pre-season games are an opportunity for players to get match fitness and conditioning? Yeah. You know, I understand that there is a pre-season challenge, so to speak. You know, I mean, they're, they're preparing themselves for the rigours of the NRL season. So when you referee a pre-season match and a player who is makes contact with the head, secondary contact, mm. because the, he had ricocheted off another off the initial contact. Yeah. So there's no adjustment being able to made for the defensive line, which resulted in a horrific knockout. Yeah. I, I understand that. But when you then, as a code, send that guy off and then have... The remaining players play with 12 men in the scorching heat, yeah. you know, for the next, what, 60 minutes. Yeah, you're punishing the players, not the team there. And that, that that's the whole idea of a te- send-off. The team suffers because of someone's mistake. You were punishing individual players. I, ju- I just didn't get it. I, I, number one, for me, it's not a send-off because there was nothing he could do. You could see that he almost collected him with his head because he'd been bounced into that position which his head hit the point of the shoulder. So at a most, it's a 10 in the bin. Mm. So anyway, you send him off, but then you put the Warriors under duress so they're not allowed to rotate through their squad, get the players the minutes they need, look at combinations and actually, you know, put themselves in a position where they can be ready for the season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it, you want to pretend that this is some sort of fucking competitive preseason. Yeah. Like, it's just ridiculous. And it, it just, the thing that shits me the most with it, it just conditions us to think that, righty, the footy's back, get excited, but here we go again. Yep. Here you know, we go. We're going to be upset every single week with just bullshit calls that, you know, are not making our game better. Yep. On the flip side of that, Toa for foul simply, you know, you can understand where, and this is not to say that even if it is a send-off, just let them replace them. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. send-off, you're not playing for the rest of the game. Yeah. You can have a couple of weeks and the suspensions can be, you know, put in place. That's fine. The judiciary and all no that can do their job. That. Nobody's yeah. arguing that. What we're arguing with is you as a code have gone and put 12 players against 13 for 60 minutes on a scorching afternoon day in Christchurch, yeah. which is dumb. Yeah. 
Because who benefits from that? What what are the you know do the Tigers benefit because they get a win in the preseason? Mm. Fuck me. Yeah, they only just won. Oh, mate, it's just no, yeah, yeah, just it's, a, it's an absolute mate. I agree with you hundred percent. It's an absolute flog. You're kidding, aren't you? Like like I said, who suffered with that? You made twelve players on the field suffer. Like, Absolutely. So if you've got unlimited substitutions, yeah. if you've got 20-man squads, which you don't see in premiership matches, why would you go ahead yeah. and just, you know, yeah, I, it was done. Get it, it was right, done. NRL. We're in the yeah. preseason. Do we have to drop the ball this early? Mm. So, you know, simply on the same thing, off you go. You're not going to be back. You're going to get a suspension for it, but at least allow them to replace them. Yeah. You know, yeah, I... Anyway, we're we're on one already. We're on one already. So, mate, uh, already mentioned, but Luciano Leilua has formally requested a uh, release from the Cowboys now, or the Cowboys will let him speak with other clubs. And um, he, he's dragons are the ones who he's speaking to. Nine hundred k. Like, please, please. Okay. So you know when we had a conversation earlier where I said I'm concerned with the Dragons? Yeah. This doesn't make me any less concerned. No, this no. probably makes me more concerned. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah, 900K should be reserved yeah, for an absolute look. gun front row. I understand that you missed out on Adam for Noah Blake, but... But um, he's not a front rower. He's not a front rower. He's an rower. edge back rower. He's an edge back rower who is unlikely to win new games. I personally don't believe, and I include David Fafita in this, who probably is the most damaging edge back rower in the game, mm. I personally don't believe there is an edge back rower in the competition who is worth over 750K. So but that's uh, that's management. I, you know, I don't really like to put prices on it, yeah. but I, I 100% agree with what you're saying because... You look at, and yes, you can say, oh, well, look at that. You're looking through rose-tinted glasses. You're a Penrith fan. But you take um, Bill Kickow out of the Penrith team. Yep. They put in workman-like back rowers for the last two seasons. What's happened? So, yeah. You know. they, they got the job done. Absolutely. Oh, last season, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't think, like, when you're weighing up how do you manage your squad – Surely you've got to be taking that into consideration. Yeah, I agree. Look, I understand that Flano and the Dragons need some wins. They're trying to get some players in to make it seem like a more desirable location. We've got this talent coming, we've got this talent coming. But a, a Luch, Luciano is not that player and that amount of money for him. Mm. I, with the greatest of respect to his playing abilities, I wouldn't give him more than five. Like, honestly, like, I don't think he's worth more than yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I mean, a lot of what happens behind the closed doors of, of an NRL match, you mm. know, you know, week in, during the week, is yeah. probably what, you know, that, that also plays a part as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, players that have bounced around at different clubs and sort of thrown their toys out of the pram, oh, I'd, be, I'd be treading lightly. Yeah, man, mm. speak, yeah, the exit from the West Tigers. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, though, Wollongong ain't a bad place to live, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I, I can't see, like, I, you know, growing up in Penrith, I love Penrith. I could understand it when players go, you know what? No, nah, I think I'll go to the Roosters. Yeah. I think I'll go to the Knights. I think I'll go to the Dragons yeah. or Cronulla. Live on the beach. The beach is nice. Manly. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, it's not a bad place. I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. <laughs> Brian Pappenhauser, mate. Pappy is back, and mm. uh, he looked quick. He did. He looked like he'd um, back a bit of that lightning pace, which is good to see. Coming off that knee injury and then that devastating oh, ankle yeah. injury. It's good that, like, yeah. he's back and he's playing trial matches, which is good. Yeah, you playing, know? so he's going to play a couple. With, yeah. Well, you see with, a lot of these injuries, yeah, well, if you look at them in the past, where, you know, there may be delays in recovery, mm. this, that, and the other. And, you know, from... Day dot, it was sort of we don't know what's going to happen, but to see him turn around and mm. be in a position where he's actually back on the field now is that is a glowing review of what his rehab program must have been. Oh yeah, and but it did get me thinking. Okay, so Ryan Pappenhausen back in the team on very very good money, so he's obviously going to be there, and his playing ability gets him there anyway. But they've got young, um, what's his name now? Um, is it uh, Fargalong? Is it? Yeah, yeah. He's, anyway. a, he's a bloody gun. Yeah, an know absolute gun. Um, 
To me, he looks like he's a fullback. He doesn't look like he's big enough to play in the centres. He doesn't look like he's big enough to play in the wing. I think he might find himself in the same... Far logo? Far, far, far logo, yeah. He's yeah. um, he's going to find himself in the same um, bracket as maybe some of these young guns coming through. Mm. Um, Ethan um, Sanders that I spoke about before who um, you know, are going to move on for a spot because he is every bit the first grader. And, and at the end of last year, particularly the way he played for um, Samoa, Mm. Um, in uh, the uh, Pacific Championship at the end of last year, he looks like he's good to go now. He's a he does. I mean, it's very hard to not be reminded of, you know, just a what's his name Broncos five eight bloody how have I gone Milford blank? Milford a, a Milford when he broke through at Canberra. Yeah, yeah, far longer. Yeah, he looks, yeah. how yeah. could I forget the Milf? <sighs> Milf, he's already in the in the history books. He is, mate. Um, he is. Yeah, so. He looks like when he broke through grade at Canberra, I mean, he was devastating and that far longer looks very similar. I agree, I agree. Um, mm. You know, I think uh, Melbourne will find a way to get him in the team. I just think he looks like his best position might be fullback. Go get him, Go um, get him <laughs> Ricky, speaking of Canberra. Sticky! He's blowing up already, yes. mate. He's absolutely, he's filthy. I mean... What's wrong, Rick? What's wrong? So he wants answers, answers in relation to the uh, suspension saga. So there's obviously been a, an issue there where South Sydney's Jacob Gagai was mm. able to count one of his, the All-Stars game as one of his suspended games, whereas Sebastian Chris, who you know was obviously eligible for the match, wasn't able to for one reason or another. And he doesn't want a feeble response, Ricky says. He goes, I just want it fixed. Yeah. Stop feeding me bullshit. Yeah, so I, I've got absolutely no idea why that happened. I'm imagining it's something to do with um, um, not being selected and, and not being selected. Yeah, no. so so basically, it, but has he not been selected because they knew he was suspended for five matches? Yeah, I don't know. You know, so that, that's the issue there. And Ricky's saying, well, it should be one rule for everyone, not just Gagai getting sus- selected and then South going, hey... You know, should he not? You know, this should count as a, a suspended match. You know, so South have done it retroactively, whereas um, yeah, you know, Ricky and and the Raiders have basically, I would say, Sebastian Chris has missed out because he wasn't going to be available. Yeah, well, maybe um, you know, Canberra and Ricky need to get on that a little bit earlier and make point it out to the I. Oh, or it's quite simple, buddy. You're suspended for fuck of whatever competition you're playing, yeah. and you get suspended in. So if you're an NRL player and you get suspended in the last final of an NRL season and you get four weeks, you're out till round four or round five of the next season. You're not going over to the World Cup and playing for, you know, Malta. Yeah. And then saying, oh, well, there's me five games. Yeah, thanks for that. Like, no. Yeah. Same with Origin. Yeah. If you get suspended for Origin and then you've got it for one match and you've got a game coming up, are you... No, you're suspended for the third origin. Mm. You know, easy. Yeah, I don't mind that. That's a good one, mate. All right, but I did like the sticky blow up, you know, mm. the old hard done boy. Yeah, and you could even put a, you know, a, a thing in place where, you know, say, for example, you get three matches in origin. doesn't mean you miss the next three origins. No, no. It's that season. Yeah, yeah that's You know, right. if being able to take upon those matches within that season or that calendar year, do it there. Stop it with the common sense, mate. There's no room for it in the mm. NRL. Rightio, mate. I just thought I'd put a bit of a list together for our final little bit on a piece on the rugby league this week, mate. Um, just some players to look out for um, this season. Mm. Um, rightio, we've got uh, Lachlan Elias, mate. I've, I've had him down. I've got uh, Jai Gray as well. Uh, Kelma Tuolungi. K.O. Weeks. K. Dykes. Will Price. Branch and Cherry. You got any, mate? Yeah, mate. Uh, RTS or RTS back the other day. I think he's up for a big season. Looks like mm. he'll be playing in the centres. He'll keep um, uh, Charles Nickel Clockstead on his toes. Mm. I think it's Jack Howarth playing out of the storm. Uh, young second row with big ratings on him. He, he signed for like a five-year deal when he was very young. So people have got... R- 
uh, a lot of ratings on him. I think he played in the All Stars the other day, mm. and uh, he looks he looks the good. And uh, I have to give a tip to um, the the Tigers as well. Looked like there were a, a few bright shoots there, or a real one. I saw Benji Marshall chucking the ball around in the warm up. Yep, he looks good. Mm. Mm. So, unfortunately, I think that could be it for the um, uh, Tigers, though. Mm. Anyway, mate, so uh, that's it for the footy. Should we uh, jump on over to the um, stream of the week? Stream of the week, mate. Let's get on for the stream of the week. What do you got? So I caught American Underdog, which came out in 2021 but popped up on Netflix uh, a couple of weeks ago. The Kurt Warner story. Are you familiar mm. with Kurt Warner or have you seen the movie? Kurt Warner. I've seen Kurt Warner, mate. He's a, he's a decent uh, decent quarterback, mate. Yeah, so... Decent quarterback. Super Bowl winning quarterback. Super Bowl winning quarterback MVP and I believe a two-time um, NFL MVP. Mm. So uh, it was a great story. It, it was in the vein of, like, you remember the Titans, you're... Um, yeah. You're uh, like a feel good sort of a feel good sort of a story, uh, which I absolutely loved. It was great, but um, tells the story of his career, how he missed out on the draft, mm. and so didn't get through. That was his dream, and he ended up playing uh, arena football for um, oh, I cannot remember the name of the team. Arena he played football, for, yeah. But he ended up playing. Arena so that's how he got his start, wasn't it? Because his so coach he, was his arena football coach or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so the the arena football coach um, uh, knew him from somewhere. I can't remember where it was, but um, he um, a- anyway he <laughs> eventually he was he was down there playing um, according to the movie playing arena football and he was um, playing on these training on these cow paddocks pretty much yeah. and um, his uh, coach was giving him or the manager of the team was giving him a hundred bucks for, per touchdown so he's just like oh well I'm struggling yeah, at the moment let's right. go bit of coin uh, tells the story of him being um, uh, picked up by the Green Bay Packers just uh, mm. outside the draft and rocked up on the first day and um, the coach says right Warner ready to go in he goes oh no I've just arrived I don't know the players so they sacked him and got rid of him and, and I don't like obviously never being on the inside. Greg, he, I, I Brett Favre. Brett yeah. Favre was there though. So there was no no mean mugs. No, no, at, no. At Green Bay. But I, I don't think that that's too uh, unrealistic view of the brutality of the NFL. Oh, like yeah, I'm yeah. sure they cut plays like that all the time. Absolutely. Oh, oh, that's you your chance. Yeah, yeah, that's your chance. Yeah. I know we didn't send you the playbook, but bad luck, yeah. you're gone. Yeah. Um, and uh, then why didn't you rewrite it? That's right. Then he ended up getting unpicked. Um, Picked up uh, later than most and brought in to St. Louis, uh, the Rams. And mm. um, there was an injury, and the coach was spectacle and uh, sorry, skeptical, not spectacle, yeah. and decided to, to go with him, run with him. And they end up going on this tremendous, um, mm. the greatest show on turf, they called it. The greatest show on turf. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, what a story, all the way to yeah. the Super Bowl. Like, but then can, he, you, he... can you imagine that going from playing arena football, mm. park football? Uh, to you know the Super Bowl MVP, and the then he had a career. You he know, had a career. after like, the after the Rams, he, yeah. he moved on, and yeah. you know he finished his career out. But yeah, yeah, really good story. I'll have to check it out. It's, um, yeah, it's as I said, it's in that Disney sort of yeah. feel good sort, of, but it's it's a good watch. Yeah, easy watch, mate. Third season of Sundle until I die dropped. Yeah. Woo. You're all over it, aren't Mate, you? Mate, oh, dead said it is the shit show that just keeps giving. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the um, the last season was, you know, where they'd been relegated, gone down to League One. And, you know, I don't know, have you seen Sundle Until I Die? Like, no. No, so the second season they had, like, obviously the – the club got sold and some bloke buys it and, you know, it's just it's just awful because they got relegated from the Premier League and th- the whole premise of the documentary was they were going to bounce back up. Yep. But then they got relegated again the next mm-hmm. season. They yep. went down to League One. Yeah. <laughs> so they had all these gun players on Premier League wages and now they're in League One. they yeah. got to get rid of them. And some of them were just like, I know Jack Rodwell. Yeah. He's just like, oh, no, no, you owe me this money. And it's like, yeah, but we can't pay you. We're on League One money now. Yeah. And so it was just an absolute nightmare. The club was in dire straits. And then they sell it. So Ellis Short sells the club to the two blokes. And they were always a bit dodgy. And one of them was an ex-DJ from Ibiza who decided that to change the culture and bring in more revenue, we just need a DJ at the game to play some upbeat 
you know, tracks <laughs> and we're going to be sweet. And it just didn't work. Like, it was just, it was so funny. Like, they're trying to sign people. they got no idea how to do it, this, that, and the other. So, anyway, they end up selling the club again. <laughs> but the fella who buys it now is Kyril Lewis-Dreyfus. So, oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so Kyril Lewis-Dreyfus is from the Lewis-Dreyfus family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and a lot of people don't realise, like, Lewis-Dreyfus... You know, is obviously it's old money, yeah. so it's um you know, obviously a historical name within European. I think it was wheat production was mm. their big thing, but a lot of people don't even realise, and this is a bit of a trivia thing for you, is Elaine from Seinfeld <laughs> is a Lewis Dreyfus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Julia, Julia Lewis Dreyfus. Mm. So she's a part of that family as well. Yeah. But it's um yeah, it's really interesting because obviously his dad, this Kyle's dad who who passed away, he owned Marseille. He was ex um CEO at Adidas and you know, so he, he grew up around ownership of a football club. Yeah, right. So anyway, he's bought Sunderland now and he's obviously the issue is he's 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 twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> He's, you know, he hasn't got the miles on the clock. So, but anyway, he seems to be doing a decent job because they went back up at the championship last year and yep. that was sort of season three's crack. But, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. I mean, not as good as uh, Undisputed, oh, the Panthers yeah. story. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think old boy is with that one. Get yeah. out there and watch it. It's well, really since Penrith have... Um beaten Parramatta and the Broncos in the last two grand finals. It hasn't got a start at my house, mate. Yeah, well, I you know what I did? So the the uh, All-Stars game was on and i just finished watching Undisputed and I watched about 10 minutes of the All-Stars and then I went, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to put KO Sports on and I'm going to watch the replay of the grand final. Oh, <laughs> you wanker. Oh, I, I hate you because that's exactly what I'll do. <laughs> Uh, oh. I did say, mate, if, when Parramatta win a grand final, I will watch that grand final replay 40 times in the oh, off-season. I'll watch it with you, mate. Yep. It's all good. Jeez, <laughs> oh. that's easy to be a bloke who's won three premierships in a row. Yeah, it's not hard, mate. Not at all. <laughs> right, yeah, mate. Bit of sport. Rightio, mate. Uh, the fights. Fight talk, mate. Volk loses his title mm. against Ilya Tapuria, mate. Um, it was a brutal day. Yep. Brutal finish to the day. It was a shit-hot card. It was yep. good. It's good fun to watch. Um, but obviously, uh, Volk losing the uh, the title. He got knocked out by Tapura. Uh, it was just one of those things. It happens in things. the fight game, mate. You've said it Absolutely. before. Absolutely. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, he was looking good. Um, you know, Tapuria looked good as well. Um, I must say, but I mean, just he, he's very powerful, mm. very powerful, and he was um, fair play to Dean Thomas. Dean Thomas, who does a bit of the commentary, sort of uh, more technical commentary, and will just jump in into the. And he was saying, you know, Volk's going backwards, leaving his right hand down, he chins up, so there is. Some room there if Tapuria can close the distance, and that's exactly what happened. Got cut off at the cage, closed the distance, landed it right on the button, and everyone's going out on that. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're not staying standing with that one. But um, yeah, so Volk says he wants a rematch. You know, as you do. Um, yeah, I think watch this space. I don't think it would hurt Volk to have another fight. To yep. be honest, before you get it, because look, the odds are very much against fighters getting that immediate rematch. I think it's over eighty percent mm. lose it. So, yeah, crazy. Yep. Um, some other good fights: Whitaker versus Costa. That mm. was a ripper. Um, just three rounder, but they both they went at it. Same with Marab and um, Davishvili versus Henry Cejudo. That was another good one. Marab got the win there. Costa got the win. Uh, Ian Gary was pretty clinical in his fight against Jeff Neal. Um, but just a really, really good card. A really good card. Um, I think Marab sets up a, a title shot against the winner of uh, Sean O'Malley mm. and Cheeto Vera. So that's probably the big one there. And Whitaker, he says he wants to get back on the Australian card when it comes back out here later in the year. So Happy days. Mm, we might have to go down for that one. Ooh. Well, just, just, but, yep. just putting it out there. Putting it out there. Putting it, it out there. there. Where is it, Sydney? Uh, I believe there's two Sydney cards to go yep. in the contract they got. 
Um, but I think Perth is another one where they like to go. I think they like the time zone in Perth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's obviously plays a bit of a part. Mm. Mm. But anyway, something to look out for. Yes. But anyway, mate, what do we got? Mate, so my headline of the week in world sport. Uh, now Roger is just somebody that I used to know. Cool. Now, we've Who all... sang that song? Oh, that was um, Gautier, wasn't it? Um, That's it, yeah, yeah. Gautier. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, so uh, Rafa's coming up through the week, and we've all seen the footage of Roger and Rafa gushing over each other and talking about how much they love each other. I mean, it makes a man sick, but, yeah. you know, I love Roger, so I put up with it. <laughs> like, they were literally both hand in hand crying when Roger announced his... Did they kiss? No, well, I don't know, but... <laughs> I'll tell you what, it wasn't far off it, <laughs> i tell you. And, and Ralph has come out and said uh, that they're not mates. He said, and I'm quoting this here, right, yep. I wouldn't consider him a friend. Well, that's Ralph's guts anyway, but I'll continue. Yeah. But someone familiar with whom I have a great relationship. Yeah, mate, let's get out the dictionary. That's what a friend is. Yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, turn it Was up. he trying to say it as if... He's more than a friend, or well, I don't, I, are you suggesting that Mika's going to have to step aside? And oh, <laughs> no, no. Look, I'm not suggesting anything like that. I'm just thinking: is it a bit of a lost in translation? Where he's not just a friend; he's a bit more than that. He's a we've 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 shed blood together. Yeah, could have could have could have meant that. That's certainly not the way it was portrayed in the media. So. No. Well, and, the uh, you know the definitions probably. Yeah. Hang on, that's that's a friend. That's a friend. That's a yeah. that's a very close friend. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, yeah, I, I was a bit a bit taken aback by that because you know, Roger's such a good bloke. You got to love Roger. Well, yeah, I, you wouldn't have a bad word to say about no. anyone, mate. Really. What? Whoa. Oh, what do you got for me, Grego? Oh yeah. Well, mate. All right, I'm loose. I'm loosening up. I'm ready to go. What? Little John. Rightio. So, uh, what's the question? Why can't we be friends, mate? Why can't we be friends? Oh, remember when Homer Simpson came out of that one against oh, yeah. Dredrick Tatum? Yeah, Dredrick Tatum. <laughs> oh, Dredrick Tatum. <laughs> uh, and wasn't he going to go with his version? He was winning all these fights with his version of the rope dope Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's just in the punching bag. It didn't work against Dredrick. No, no. Oh. Um, mate. Top three rivals that became friends. Yep. So sporting rivals that became friends. I'm going to leave it up to you. You mm. can make the choice. Who are your top three rivals who then became friends? Right. Well, I'm going to start at number three. Uh, so I'm going yep. to work my way up. And I'm going to start with uh, JWH, Jared Warrior Hargraves. Oh, yes. And Spencer Lino. Oh, good mates now. Good mates now. Now yes. they're the chookies, now that they're um, all under the sombrero, oh, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, but, um, no, nah. nah, we'll, we'll, we'll put that one right out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, they obviously got into uh, uh, a bit of it. Well, I was going to say a dust-up, but I don't believe any punches nah. were thrown. They we just yeah. – they, they, they took it to each other. They yeah. threw down the gauntlet. They did, and they looked at each other with intent, mm. even though they never planned on doing anything at all. No. But, uh, yep, they're now good, mate. So I had to lean on a bit of rugby league there. I'm going to jump back into the boxing world for my number yep. two, mate. George Foreman and Muhammad Ali. Mm. So uh, George Foreman um, was reported as saying, and not long after the passing of the great Muhammad Ali, that um, uh, Ali gave him a call not long after he'd lost his fight and uh, really picked him, like, back up off the canvas because he was in a bad way yeah. uh, after that loss, like sort of emotionally um, from a well-being point of view, I believe. Like he was struggling with the loss and he picked him back up, basically talked him back into to getting into fighting and um, yeah. and uh, asked him to fight um, uh, someone. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but I can't beat him, but you can beat him. You're scared of you, George. And Ooh, yeah. yeah, so they ended up being um, uh, quite good friends apparently as well. And my number one, mate, the uh, the bromance is all around the tennis world at the moment. Former mortal enemies, now best pals, Novak Djokovic and Nick Kyrgios. Oh, yes. Did you see them gushing over each other at the Australian <sighs> Open, mate? No, I didn't, mate, mate. but it, I'm sure it would have made me sick. Well, mate, you certainly life has been enriched for missing that, I'm <laughs> telling you. So uh, that's my number one, Novak Djokovic and Nick Kyrgios. I, I do believe Novak Djokovic, after beating him in the Wimbledon final, spoke about um, their new uh, bromance. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, well, um, I've got three, mate. Yeah, but 
I'll jump in on that. But that's good. Mm. I like yours. Sticking with boxing, because boxing is easy. Fight sports are easy to have these rivalries because you hate each other's guts. You talk... You have to, don't you? Copious amounts of shit about yeah. each other and you get in the... F- in the greatest forum of them all, the yep. ring. That's mm. where you sort it out. Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. I did think about going Being down this mates line. with someone who beat your ear off. Now, it, it, listeners, if you ha- listeners and watchers, if you haven't seen it, he took a chunk out of yeah. it as well. A good, good bite. Yep. Still, I mean, it's not there anymore. No. <laughs> um, second one. Now, I went, this one was... You know, I was selfish with this one. Wayne Rooney, Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Another one I Cristiano nearly went. Cristiano Ronaldo getting Wayne Rooney sent off in the 06 World Cup final, uh, World Cup uh, quarterfinal, my apologies. You know, giving it the old wink and the, I mean, and for anybody who's lived in the UK or been around the UK, they are brutal in the media and they were basically baying for blood. They just thought this is an opportunity where we can get that Portuguese prick out of our you know, country. They <laughs> they went to town on him. So anyway, what did Rooney and Ronaldo do? They came back and they won the lot. Yeah. They won the lot. Champions League, Premier League, they won the lot. Get that India. Yeah. <laughs> you enjoyed that one, didn't I you, did. mate? Yep. Final one, mate. The King. The King. Shane Warne. Oh. Shane Warne and KP. Yeah. Shane Warne and Kevin Peterson. You know, this one was hard because they weren't they weren't really rivals on the field. No. Because they liked each other so much. They were yeah. such good mates that he w- was very reluctant to sledge KP or vice yeah. versa. So, but I thought that one had to make it. Anything to get Shane Warne on our list, I mm. think you got to take. Now, I agree. You talk to both those players and um let's be clear, I don't because um obviously um yeah, never right. knew Shane Warne and yeah. KP, I don't know him. Yeah. But um Whenever you see them in the media, I mean, I'm open they, to a friendship. KP, I'm open. If you KP, mates, we'll get you on the show, mate. If you want to be mates, <laughs> just reach out, tweet me. It's okay. We'll fly up here. We can yep. be friends. Easy, easy. But um, they they talk glowingly of each other. But they do talk how maybe they didn't hate each other on the cricket pitch, but there was that I want to get the better of you. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a and and that's why I, I had a couple of honourable mentions. If we look at the UFC, Stephen Bonner and Forrest Griffin. Mm. You know, once you've had that moment. In the octagon, it's very hard to not be mates. Yep. Another one, Charles Sonnen and Anderson Silva. Like, I mean, they, were, they went at each other. Like, Charles Sonnen did not l- leave any stone unturned when he was, you know, talking shit to Anderson Silva. Mm. But they are good mates now. Like, they laugh about it and it made them shit loads of money. Yeah, well, well played. Yeah. Oh, righty mate. Happy days, mate. Happy That's days. That's a good list. I yeah. liked it. Yeah. I liked it. No horsing around, Potty. This is serious stuff. Shane Rose may miss the Olympics over transitions. Oh, transitions. <laughs> now, this article. So, have you heard the story? So, Shane Rose is an equestrian. Yeah. So, anyway, Shane Rose, he's been put under the, an investigation. Mm. Apparently it's it's all come through and it's all clear. This has all happened today, essentially, from uh, Equestrian Australia because apparently he's turned up and he was doing some sort of a show or event and he was wearing a mankini. Yep. And they've basically gone, no, this is bringing horse riding into disrepute. <sighs> And this cannot happen on our watch. And they were basically threatening him with missing out on the Paris Games because of a disciplinary issue around him wearing a Borat costume while riding a horse. Well, okay, a couple of things on this, Gregor, if I may. Number one, at least he's gotten you into the media because no one's talking about it. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm interested in horse riding now because some blokes at least willing to have a bit of a laugh. Well, and when did we stop? Having a laugh at things like this. Didn't we all have a mate who had a mankini who used to put it on? A mate? Yeah, a mate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. We all had a mate. We all had a... (laughs) We all knew that bloke. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, to, to... to sack him from the Olympics, why not a pat on the back and a bit of a yeah. bonus for like getting a bit of publicity around you? Yeah, and Give it was the gold medal. Well, it wasn't the worst because I mean he did have some other costumes that day. If I look at this article, this has come from Fox Sports. Mm. 
Uh, I believe he was also dressed up as Koshy. a... No, he wasn't dressed up <laughs> as Koshy. Um, so what else? He, there was other... I think he was dressed up as a gorilla. Uh, I'm just looking for it here. Can't find it. So, yeah, he was apparently dressed up as a gorilla as well. And... No, can't find it. Ah, mm. uh, well. Mm. But anyway... Yes, here. And a Duffman beer suit. Oh, the Duffman. Yeah, so, yeah. mate. Gorilla Duff suit, Duffman, and a G-string swimsuit made famous in the film Borat. How mm. good was Duffman? Duffman was good, yeah. Mm. Did like it. Oh, yeah. righty mate. Manny misses out, mate. Olympics, sticking with the theme of the Paris Olympics, you know, disgusting ageist bullshit going on. Manny Pacquiao has been ruled out of the Paris 2024 Olympics because he's too old, mate. How old is he going to be? 45. 45. There's wow. a 40-year age limit on boxing within. So so basically boxing has changed for any of our listeners or viewers who don't realise. It used to be amateur boxing within the yeah. um, Olympic system. Then they realised it was boring. And then they decided that we're going to start to allow people who have had a professional record be able to, you know, they took the headgears off, they made amateur boxing so when a bit did that more happen, attractive. Gregor? It's been in the last, really pushed in the last five years yeah. or so, yeah. Because the likes of um, uh, Floyd Mayweather fought when he was an amateur. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And didn't win, but... F- robbed. If you've yeah. ever <laughs> seen anything like a robbery, like <laughs> that... Like, unbelievable. Mickey Conlon for Ireland, I think, in Rio, that was a robbery. And he didn't leave any stone unturned telling everybody. Hang on. I mean, what's Floyd gone on to do since then? Well, yeah, I mean, he's made up for it. But that's his only loss. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You know, but when you look at it... That was his last loss, wasn't it? Yeah. Mickey... (laughs) (laughs) It's even better. Mickey Conlon. so, So Irish boxer Michael Conlon, after he was ripped off by the Russian judge... Then tweeted Vladimir Putin and told him, hey, Vlad, how's your mate on the payroll? Like, it was fantastic <laughs> theatre. You know, that uh, tells me that somebody needs to be in professional boxing. But anyway, sorry, back to Manny. So Manny's sorry, obviously Manny. had his run for the presidency of the Philippines. So he's in politics. I mean, that's... <laughs> just, having, I just, yeah, just having a stab at being the president. Don't mind if I just duck up yeah. for a box? Or? Yeah. So anyway, he's... I mean, he's fully capable at 45. There's even talk about him fighting Conor McGregor in a boxing match. So I I think Pacquiao's capable of competing in the Olympics. And for the Olympics, why wouldn't you have him? But you're going, well, 45. I mean, freaking... So that's that's just the rule for boxing, though, isn't it? That's just for boxing. They're not going to change the Olympic boxer's age cap of 40. Mm. You know, for whatever reasons they do that, whether it be commissions, you know, safety, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you think Bernard Hopkins was a world champion into his 50s. The executioner. Yeah. One of the best. Mm. Um, I, I think it's a it's a missed opportunity, if I was going to put it as anything. I think for the Olympics, you know. And yeah. the Philippines might have even actually got a medal. Mm. Like, imagine that. Mm. But I mean, just he, on Bernard Hopkins, though, mate. Like, when he used to come to the ring with the executioner mask on and whatever, that would... Um, yeah. Speaking about execution, in the Philippines, they're pretty good at executing drug dealers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not allegedly. <laughs> I mean, they, they do that. <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, rightio, mate. Uh, the internet is undefeated. That's mm. where we're at now. Well, let's do it. All right, mate. Some good stuff on the internet is undefeated uh, this week, mate. What have we got, mate? Uh, mate, uh, footy shit house. Footy shit house is always a good laugh. Um, Sweden versus England. This old video it's popped up, and so some of the uh, the viewers and listeners might have seen it before. But um, when they're chanting, so they're obviously on the beers before the game, and they're starting chanting it at each other. And the first one is from the English team who are tweeting towards the Swedish fans. And the tweet... Uh, uh, not tweeting, bloody um, singing, chanting, chanting. Chanting. Tweeting. Anyway. 
what they do do is they say, you, you are shit, but your birds are fit. That is what they're cheating at. Um, but you think the, you know, the England fans are one up there on the chain, aren't they? Mm. You're shit, your team's shit, but your birds are fit. Okay. However, Sweden just retorted with, go home to your ugly wives. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> go home to your ugly wives. Oh, lovely, lovely. Oh, well wonderful. done. Well played. Wonderful. Wonderful. What else have we got? Um, did you see the thumb? This bloke, he looks like a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, so this bloke, he's, he looks like he, it's a dead set of thumb. And it's basically the comments are what is. So obviously um, I'll try, I'll share this one on the screen here so you can see this one. Um, here we go. There you go. So you can see the bloke on the screen. He looks like a dead set thumb. Um, <laughs> uh. Uh, so anyway, but it's the comments that win this one. The comments that'll win this one. So rightio, did anyone listen to what you're saying or you're reading the comments? That's a good good one. Um, he's shaped like the Snapchat logo. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your chin up, bro. <laughs> Oh. Just wondering how he folds his bed sheets. <laughs> oh. 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 Internet. This is not necessary. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. All right, what else have we got? We've got to have some other stuff here. Right here, let me dig in. Dig in. Ah. Uh, Right, yeah, we saw this one. That um, remember when Mark Nicholas thought that uh, two dwarfs playing at the cricket were toddlers? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. So Mark Nicholas has started commentating on these two dwarfs playing at the cricket. And <laughs> he thought it was a couple of toddlers. <laughs> but he's commenting as if they were toddlers. Oh, oh wow, wow, well, fantastic. Oh, happy days, happy days. All right. There's got to be some more here. Hold on a second. Rightio. Let's just move over. No. Next time, mate. Next time. I'll have to get it next time. I've missed them. But anyway. Um, Rightio, mate. Any punts? Mate, I... Have not been able to pick a nose lately. I have been going horrible on the punt. I did pick up one with the punters club last week, but I didn't even bet on it with my own money. So yeah. it was just the win for the punters. I just, yeah, whole bunch of seconds. And that's about mm. it happening lately. Yeah, fair enough, mate. I had a nice little multi for the punters, mm, mate. Yeah, a couple of, couple of wins. Just a couple of short <laughs> favourites that got in. Yep. And Volk's knockout cost me in the UFC. I, I lost dearly. Not only did um, Ian Gary didn't get the win via... KO, TKO. I yep. had him just win oh, to win via KO, TKO. Didn't come good. Oh. But um, I had a, a four-legged multi on the fights hmm. and Volk getting docked out cost me on that one. But anyway. Can't have it all, mate. No, can't have it all, mate. But anyway, what we can have is we can have your penis of the week, mate. What is going on with your penis of the week, Potty? So, mate, my penis of the week, and I've gone with a headline here, lithium-powered penis. So uh, this one was actually sent through to me by my wife. She she saw this the other day and said, what is going on here? Mm. And uh, the lithium-powered penis man has been uh, had to go to hospital because he's been sticking lithium batteries, so the little button batteries. So he's been sticking little... Up his penis. Wow. Yeah. So this isn't the first time because he was uh, apparently relaying to the hospital staff that he was surprised they got stuck there because they usually come out. <laughs> so it's not his first rodeo. No, 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 not saying. his first rodeo. So, so if we have a look here, you can see the the batteries inside. The, so the X-ray. Yeah. This is, comes due to the New York Times, mm. and you can see just the little lithium batteries just sort of floating around there inside his shaft. Yeah. So um, that's you know when I saw that I went, mate, you are the penis of the week. You are the supercharged penis well, of the mate. week. <laughs> 
Like, honestly, like... Oh, oh yeah. There are some graphic images oh, there. Yeah, oh, yeah. New York Post it is, yeah. Yeah, that's so, the necrosis yeah. of the dick. Yeah, so... Wow. Yeah, mate, so I've been... um, Yeah, I don't know. I was taken aback by it. But I, I knew as soon as I saw it. Thanks of the week. Look... I've got an issue with this body. Yeah, and you're you're a man of integrity, so I want Absolutely. to hear Absolutely. I'm a man of integrity, so just, you know, it doesn't take much research, you know. And we're realising that we're using a lot of these resources with battery-powered cars, we're looking at getting greener, so to speak. Don't get me started on Let's that sort of bullshit. Let's calm down. Let's calm down. But anyway, so what's happening is, you know, a lot of the things, think about the iPhone that you got. Yep. Think about the lithium batteries. They need cobalt. Yep. They need lithium. These things need to be mined. A lot of these get mined in Africa. Mm. The working conditions in Africa aren't very good. No. So we've got families, you know, people carrying infants, digging and mining in Africa, going down holes. Safety digging. conditions, non-existent in some Absolutely. Areas. They've got kids. They're getting yeah. all sorts of, you know, workplace-related disease and illness. Yep. Getting this cobalt, getting the, the lithium out for us to use. And this bloke just has the audacity to stick it in his dick. <laughs> Have uh, some integrity, champ. Yeah. If you can't think of yourself. Mate, think yeah. about the poor people in those mines who had to mine that lithium just for you to stick it up your Jap's eye. Yep. Just so the 73-year-old Australian man, uh, I don't know why, but that's an extra kick in the guts. 73? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah come on. So, seriously, can't you play lawn bowls or something, champ? So, yeah, he's had to have emergency sur surgery. Oh, of course he yeah. has. Uh, yeah, after jamming the batteries into his penis. The unidentified man, well, we, somebody surely needs yeah, to yeah. sort that out. So, but, um, so the issue here, and this is a public service announcement for yeah. all of our listeners, is that it has, you know, reportedly resulted mm. in urethral necrosis. So necrosis yeah. means the death of tissue. Mm. So the battery has started to break down the tissue inside the Johnson. Yep. It's a problem. Yeah, so uh, the patient had reportedly done this several times before, so, yeah. you know, obviously didn't think it was going to be an issue. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there was, uh, yeah, apparently some reports of erectile dysfunction, but, you know, oh. <laughs> I don't know whether that was before or after. <laughs> There's, there's something you can do for that, and it's got nothing to do with lithium batteries. Anyway, so, yes. um, yeah, that is... Um, Oh, enough said. Penis, penis of the week. Yeah. Are you happy to go with that for your penis of the week, Tom? Well, I was going to go with that. I, I mean, the NRL refs and just that whole debacle, they can get a bit of a penis of the week for that because of, that was silly. But I can't beat it. Yeah. A guy putting his penis under such duress oh, by jamming batteries in it is our penis of the week. Yeah. Can't be denied. All right, mate. Uh, that's it. Nailed another one. Nailed another one. Great to get back to talking to the footy. Yeah. Our NRL fans out there, make sure you're getting in. Let us know what you think. I'd love to. I'd love to get some of the NRL uh, our fans' voices out there, mate. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, you know, let us know what you think. Get in. Like, subscribe, share the show, subscribe to the, you know, subscribe, but you've got to pass it around. We can't let the algorithm, we can't trust the algorithm. You need to share it. 100%. Absolutely. Rightio, mate. Uh, anything to add before we finish up? No. Rightio. So for all of our listeners down at Layla Park, home of the Kookaburras, we say goodnight. And farewell. <laughs>